Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor. Me, Metal of Mayhem. I'm James. Yes, you are. Oh, and, and I'm Jody. Yes, you are, but you're not alone, are you? Am I ever alone? I'm not counting the voices in your head. <laughs> uh, that's probably a good idea. Um, no, I, I am I am not alone. We we have a we have a guest. My my lovely wife, Rebecca, is, is joining us for this episode. Sorry. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rewatching Friends because I need something to fall asleep to and that was very much a Ross like hi. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> my, my husband talked me into doing this and I love him and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jody and Rebecca. Yes. Um we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to drinks in a second, but what are we talking about today? We are talking about the Rocky Horror Show, not Picture Show, <laughs> just the Rocky Horror Show. Well, why not the Picture Show? Um, I don't know. This is the way you wanted to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to train my wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't <laughs> It is the 50th anniversary of the stage show, the Rocky Horror Show, as opposed to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the movie version, which will have its 50th anniversary in two years, I believe. Yes, you are correct, sir. <laughs> sir. <that's never. laughs> oh, um, before we get to even drinks and further things, I do want to let you both know that one of my friends pub companions you know people go to scarlet lane all the time i saw him today yeah and uh he had been he he was listening to the recent ones and he thought he should start over and he was to the ones where he's like well wait a second jody said he wanted to move back to indiana what happened and i said well he actually found somebody worthy <laughs> i did <laughs> <laughs> So, so yes, everybody out there, I, I don't know how Jody did it, and myself, for that matter, how we actually pulled somebody that's further above us, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yes, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Are either of you or both of you having a drink? Yes, we are. Would you like to know what we're having? Would you like to expound on that? <laughs> um, you want to go first? Um, I am having a wine from Hillside Miss Winery. It's their table wine. It's in from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We went and did a tasting, and they have very good wines, and we bought a couple, and this is one of them. Yep. Which one? Uh, the their basic table wine it's called hillside mist oh sorry okay now i understand is it a, a white or a red or a, a rosé white. A white. it's okay. a sweet white 
It's got a green tint to it, but that's because of the glass it's in. Oh, well, I'm sad because I know there are actually green wines out there, which are the white wines that leave their uh, the the peel on the grape. So it gives it a green tinge. That's cool. I want to try one of those. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. I've heard about it. Uh, the Reds have a similar thing, but I've never seen one. You got me excited for wine. <laughs> it's made from grapes. I, I prefer wine made from other fruits. Or honey. Mm. Always that. Well, cool, Rebecca. That sounds awesome. What about you, my good gentleman? Um. Wait, who are you talking to? Uh, Baphomet, but you can go too. <laughs> okay. Um. I've I've actually I've had this one before on on the on the podcast. Um it's uh and I think you had one this year on the podcast during spooky season. Um uh brewery Oma Gang, All Hallows Treat. Oh, I did. And you had it last year too. Yeah, yeah. I found it again this year, so I grabbed a can. Um yeah, it's their Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout, seven point six percent. It's a gorgeous thing, and who doesn't love Owl Hallows Eve in the can? <laughs> oh, I don't like chocolate, and that's really good. I, I handed her the can, <laughs> and as she started to take a sip, I thought, that's got chocolate. She's not going to like that. I was wrong. <laughs> so you don't like chocolate? No, I'm not a real human. Uh, well, uh, so what about mushrooms? I do like mushrooms. All right. So you're somewhere between a hobbit and a goblin. Lizard folk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate on that. <laughs> I I will not either. I'm going to pass up the many scaly things I was going to ask about. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'll go then if you both want to talk about your beers. But also, interestingly enough, I too am having a hillside winery wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a bottle of sangria, didn't you? <laughs> I, I did. I was down in Alabama with uh, to celebrate the nuptials of two wonderful, gorgeous people, or at least one, and then Jody too. <laughs> And they, they gave me a bottle of the, well, Jackie and I, but she doesn't drink really. So I'm I'm going to make sure it doesn't go to waste. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Hillside Winery Spice Sangria. That's so. that's good stuff, isn't it? Oh, it is gorgeous. I'm not a wine person, as people know, and it is, it is gorgeous. It's this gorgeous, sweet, red, spiced fucking, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, there were uh, there there were a couple others when we did that tasting. I thought, yeah, James might like this. He might like this. And I tasted that one, and I went, "Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is this is the one." <laughs> oh, it's 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're we're gonna do a short three minute thing afterwards too, and I'm gonna send him a picture of a hobbity thing. But but that's what I'm drinking with it too. <laughs> oh. Okay, so 
Uh, would you like me to start? Would either of you like to start? Um, you go ahead. That's that's what I like to hear. All right, so uh, stage production of Rocky Horror Picture Show, fifty year anniversary. Uh-huh. I have never seen it in person like somebody has, and we'll talk about in a second. But I did find because I want to make sure I've I've seen which I think I did years and years and years ago, but I don't remember anything of it. So. Just a month ago, when we talked about doing this, I found one online. I watched the stage show, which features, uh, is from uh, the 1990-1991 production. It is Anthony Head, which you may have seen in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Or Ted Lasso. Yeah, he he was Frankenfurter in that, wasn't he? He was Frank. He was Frankenfurter. Yeah. And Brad was played by Craig Ferguson. Oh, no shit. Yep. Who we have talked about in our Red Dwarf episode. Yeah. uh, Or maybe live at the Pear Tree where we mentioned it. But yeah, Craig Ferguson, the Scottish comedian talk show host, was Brad. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it's it's very good. It's awesome. Excellent. Just search for Anthony Head, Craig Ferguson, Rocky Horror Show. It'll come up, and it is a beautiful thing. Awesome. I, I, I'm behind on listening to stuff. I actually have a, uh, I found a, online a bootleg recording, audio recording from a performance in New York from 74, I think, maybe. Um with uh with the american stage cast so uh tim curry and i think i think most of the principal actors from the british stage show had come over Uh, but i know tim curry's on it and meatloaf is on it too um i've listened to a very little bit of it but i just i haven't really had a chance to sit down and listen to it Uh, i do have some notes on meatloaf which I know they did in LA could be New York and we'll find out what I have in a few pages, but that sounds awesome. Yeah. I think, I think meatloaf's in it. Is it only the songs or is it also the acting words? Um, I don't know. I haven't listened to it that close. <laughs> yeah, well, if only there was somebody who had seen the actual stage production Yes, I have been probably seven or eight times to local theater groups around here and dressed up several times as Magenta going to the local theater groups. And it is amazing in person. You've seen the movie, of course, too. Yes, but that's nothing in comparison to the... um, I I I would agree because I love live theater. Is it, is it just because it's live, or I, I've got notes on the differences? But is it because it's live that makes it awesome, or are there specific plot points or songs that make it better? In, um, in your opinion, the interaction with the audience. Yes, because they run up and down the aisles, and there's a lot of shout outs with the audience. That it's very interactive, and yeah, it's just yeah, it's just so much better. And it is slightly different. 
I mean, I can skip ahead to my notes and talk about the differences. But I don't have to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can we can circle back to that. You can go back to the history and we can come back to the differences. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a good Araboros. Or horse. However you pronounce it when you're not drunk. OB. OB. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> oh. If you've been watching Loki, you you know his name is OB. <laughs> I actually have not started season two yet. Oh, um, oh crap! What's the I can I can never remember the actor's name. Um, the guy who's playing Ouroboros or Ob is um, Short Round mm -hmm. and and Data, um, uh, Short Round from Indiana Jones and Data from uh, Goonies. <laughs> awesome! I um, thought season one was great, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, uh, Let's look in episode or season two here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 um damn it, what's his name? Uh, yeah, uh, uh Ki Hoi Kwan, and I probably yeah. just butchered that. So my apologies. <laughs> that, that one guy. <laughs> but yeah, if if you've seen, you know, you know, I mean, you know, if you're into Indiana Jones and you've seen Goonies. You know who short round and data are. That's the same kid. And he's, you know, grown up and probably probably our age, if not a little older. I know. I love all the pictures of him with uh Harrison Ford that they've been posting recently when they've been at award ceremonies together. Oh yeah, yeah, those are really cool. So anyway, um anyway, <laughs> history. <laughs> Rocky horror. All right. As an out-of-work actor in London in the early 1970s, Richard, and I'm going to say it the correct Irish way, Richard O'Brien wrote the Rocky Horror Show to keep himself busy on winter evenings because he loved science fiction and B-horror movies and wanted to combine elements of that with humor. And he did. Certainly. Uh, so he added that with dialogue from Schlock Horror, Steve Reeves' Muscle Films, who is mentioned in that the show yeah. and uh rock and roll from the fifties. Mm -hmm. But he also added elements of transvesticism. <laughs> yes. Which O'Brien has said was not really meant to be a, a, as prominent as it ended up being, but it ended up being really kick-ass and well, but he conceived and wrote the play set against the backdrop of the glam era, which had manifested itself the British popular culture of the early 1970s, stating that glam rock allowed me to be myself more. Yes. And we all know who the best glam rock band is, don't we? New York Dolls. You, my good sir, can fuck off and go to hell. <laughs> sweet! That's right, the sweet! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jody had messaged like we have a friend group who does memes and he he texted all of us sweet earlier from one of us sending something stupid I almost responded with what you mean Wayne writes gentlemen <laughs> yeah them. but he, he would have been the only one to get it yes and if you don't know that go listen to our episode on the sweet the glam 
the rock, the music, the glory, the something, the something. I don't fucking remember. It's one of the earliest in the teens. Yes. But anyway, O'Brien took a small amount of his unfinished Rocky Horror to Australian director. Oh, hey, baby, how you doing, honey? Sorry, Jackie just came in. So tired. I understand. How you feeling? Jackie. Hey there. Hi. Rebecca. Hey, guys. We're talking Rocky Horror and Rebecca seen it live. Oh, that's cool. Man, I haven't seen that since, like, high school. The movie. Oh, yeah, they're I've uh, never seen it neither of Jody or I, but Rebecca. Well, I saw a YouTube video. It's not the same. Rebecca's actually seen it live. <laughs> she said it's cool. I've got a directional mic, so you can't hear her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so O'Brien took a small amount of his unfinished Rocky Horror to Australian director Jim Sharman, who had received considerable local acclaim as the director of Australian productions of Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus fucking Christ, will you look at your hair? <laughs> and by the way, I told my Jesus 34-year-old joke to people at the pub earlier, and all of them are agnostic or worse, and they still thought that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, he went to London to direct the first British stage production of Superstar, during which he met O'Brien, who had played King Herod for one performance and wow. Sharman brought fellow Australians Nell Campbell and longtime scenic designer partner Brian Thompson into the production. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought Nell was Australian, but she well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's all good. Uh so yeah, I'll I'll give a quote from Star Tim Curry. Well, here, okay. here, I'm going to ask you both a question. Okay. So there's a meme out, like, about Tim Curry. He's like, who you first remember Tim Curry from is your personality. Nice. Good night, baby. Tell Clutch, shut the door and keep the dog out. Thanks. <laughs> um, Who you know Tim Curry from is your, like, you know, tells a lot about you is your personality, whatever. Right. Do but mine is Rocky Horror. That's where I really first knew him. Do either of you have a different Tim Curry thing? The Butler and Clue. I haven't seen that, so no. <laughs> We're gonna have to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. You'll enjoy it. It's, we watched it actually for the first time. We had never seen it. And we watched it for the first time just a year or two ago because we were bored of crap. And it's really quite good. You'll enjoy it for the hour and a half it's on. Yeah, I've heard that. But I'm not saying you'll want to enjoy it a second time. <laughs> mm. There were multiple endings. Well, yeah, but if you watch it on Amazon Prime or whatever, you'll see all the endings together. Yeah, we won't do that. Let me guess. You own it. I do not, but I will. <laughs> oh, good. See, Rebecca, we have a lot in common. <laughs> but, but why do you have all of these? You can't watch all of them before you die. <laughs> I can try. <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, Clue's good. Rocky Horror is great. Uh, some people say it. I would go with the TV sh series it, but yeah, 
But yes, Rebecca and I are correct that Rocky Horror is the best Tim Curry to to be introduced. Well, I don't disagree. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying Clue was the first thing I can remember seeing him in. Yeah. Maybe. I I know more about that than I'm comfortable with, so I'm gonna give Tim Curry's quote. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna try to do an English Tim Curry accent, so I'm just gonna say I'd heard about the play because I lived on Paddington Street off Baker Street, which is Sherlock's street, <clears throat> by the way. Yeah. And there there was an old gym a few doors away. I saw Richard O'Brien in the street, and he said he'd just been to the gym to see if he could find a muscle man who could sing. And I said, why didn't he need him to sing? <laughs> and he told me that his musical was going to be done, and I should talk to Jim Sharman. He gave me the script, and I thought, boy, if this works, it's going to be a smash. <laughs> yeah. Which is semi-true. It's a cult smash that is now something big, but eh, it's all good. Well, the, the stage production was doing well enough, though. I mean, that's why they made the movie. Yeah. Hollywood don't spend no money on something that isn't going to make money. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that when we get to the movie. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> that they think. <laughs> yeah. And after two previews, the show was premiered. At the Royal Court 63 Theater upstairs, which 63 seats is actually a bit smaller than the Ritz Theater in Rockville, Indiana, where I'd done some stage production. So small, intimate, really nice. Yep. But premiered on the 19th of June, 1973, hence 50 years ago, <clears throat> and ran until July 20th, which included Tim Curry, who decided that Dr. Frankenfurter should not just be a queen, he should speak like a queen of the United Kingdom, extravagantly posh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we also had Patricia Quinn and O'Brien and Nell Campbell, billed as Little Nell. Mm -hmm. All of them performing in an all-out camp style, but we also had Julie Covington, who was not in the uh, movie, and I don't actually know who she is. So, oh, I don't know if either of you do. I would guess that she would have been... Uh, you mean know who she is as an actress or who she would have played? Uh, both. I, I would assume Janet, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm i not familiar with the name. Um, we watched the some of the behind-the-scenes behind stuff last night on, on the uh, movie DVD. And I, Patricia Quinn uh, mentioned a couple of times that they wanted to get Marianne Faithful to play Magenta. But she was busy with something. I don't know if that's true or, or not. She was on holiday. Yeah, she was on holiday. Yes, that's what it was. She had gone to she what, gone to India or something? Yes. Yeah. I think. Sounds about right. I, I believe you both. But yeah, uh, Jana, I looked it up while you were giving your awesome information about traveling Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else or should I move on? Um, no, you, men you mentioned that the theater was really small. 
True. Also, I believe it was slightly run down. I don't have that note, but I wouldn't be shocked. After seeing the pictures, because they did, because, uh, yeah, some of the behind the scenes stuff actually had pictures from the. So that created to the ambiance. Yeah. Of the decrepit laboratory and castle that they were trying to portray. Portray? Whatever. Por portray. Portray. <laughs> I'm drinking. I, that... I'm <laughs> It sounded right to me, but I'm drinking too. So, as, as as much as we butcher the English language and and other languages, <laughs> every every language. <laughs> so I, I have a few reviewer comments, but since reviewers can typically fuck off, typically, I I will say that there is a neat little review that says it was gutterishly. Bowie-esque, yeah, specifically about Tim Curry as the ambisextrous doctor. Ambisextrous. Was that what I heard you say? Yeah, that, that is, that is what I said. But in 1973, I'm not sure if bisexual or ambisextrous were synonyms. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <guess>. Interesting. <laughs> So, uh, to go with this, when I was at the pub, bartender loves Vincent Price. Heather, hey, Heather, how you doing? I'll tell you about, you know, you're in this. Uh, did you both know that Vincent Price was bisexual? I have heard that, yes. The, the, the neat thing she actually said was, I always just assumed he was homosexual. Not a big deal. It just how I came across, but it's kind of cool to know that he's bisexual and, you know, would hump anything that bent over in front of him. Uh, but evidently his quote was uh, chaotic bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. That's, uh, that's an interesting thing, I guess. <laughs> well, there are three of us talking about hiking. And Heather was talking uh, to a couple other people, and and I heard that out of the corner of my ear. And all I heard was chaotic bisexual, and I looked over and I'm like, "Is is that your Dungeons and Dragons character class?" Hmm. <laughs> she laughed and said, "Well, I do play chaotic neutral characters because I don't feel like I want to go that far from my normal personality." <laughs> That does remind me of somebody I know. Roll to seduce. <laughs> oh, look, Jody got a one on his saving throw. You're good. <laughs> Who said I rolled a saving throw? <laughs> if, if I want to get blasted by the fireball, I want to get blasted by the fireball. Uh, anyway, uh, then, uh, you know, there are things about producer Jonathan King and signing the cast to make an original cast recording, the Rocky Horror Show original London cast, which went out and everything's great. And then ended in, then they had a, a run on the King's Road Theater that ended in 79. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, it was, it was quite a cult thing. 
Yeah. Uh, guess I should say it won the 1973 Evening Standard Theater Award for Best Musical. Woo! Cool. And then, to go on to the next thing, concert promoter Lou Adler attended a show, bought the theatrical rights, and he brought the show to the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles. And besides Tim Curry, who would reprise his role as the original Dr. Frankenfurter, the rest of the cast was new. But that's L.A., so Jody may have New York things. I I don't have those. I've got uh, L.A. bits. Like I said, I don't. Um, I haven't listened to that recording. I think Tim Curry's on it, though. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure Tim Curry is. I don't know about Meat. I think Meatloaf is. All right. Do you want those, or do either of you have things to talk about? Um, I they had quite a bit of interview with Meatloaf on the DVD behind the scenes stuff. So, um, well, here, uh, yeah, I've got a shit ton of Meatloaf. Let me do the little paragraph I have, then we'll go into Meatloaf. <laughs> okay. Uh, so cultural context, context. Uh, actor. Tim Curry, who heard, motherfucker, your fucking wine you gave me is kicking my ass. <laughs> Tim Curry, who originated the role of Dr. Frankenfurter, became particularly associated with the musical, and beyond its cult status, it's also widely said to have been an influence on counterculture and sexual liberation movements that followed in from the 1960s. Because mm -hmm. that's where it started, and Jody and I have talked about the Kinsey report and stuff, actually, in a fairly recent episode. Yeah. Well, there comes out before after this. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the first popular musicals to depict fluid sexuality during a time of division between generations and a lack of sexual difference acceptance. Mm -hmm. And like the film adaptation, the musical is noted for a long-running tradition of audience participation, which Rebecca mentioned a little bit ago. I have a question on that, but that may be when we talk about differences between the movie and the uh, play. Theatrical All right. Uh, my next note, I'm going to skip because it talks about the television film, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again from 2016, where I gave a scathing Facebook review of, uh, because it's actually in my memories from a week or two ago. Don't watch it. The Rocky Horror Picture Show Let's Do the Time Warp Again is shit. It's absolutely fucking shit. Wasn't that the one that they did on Fox? Uh, don't know if it's Fox or something. Fox sounds right, but it's one of the main four things. Yeah, they, because they were, uh, I was thinking they did like that one, and I don't know, there, were, there was a, couple different musicals they did i think might have been nbc but i was thinking it was fox and yeah, tomato yeah, tomato shit you weren't the only one that apparently had that because I, I i didn't watch it but i remember it was not well received by the fans i i have no problem with gender fluidity but right. the whole point of having a male dress up in drag is one of the most meaningful things. So when you cast a female, it loses that aspect. Yeah. Which is okay. Don't mind females. They like, I don't care who gets the role as long as it's appropriate. Um, but she also sucked. 
you know. Yeah, I've, if, I've, if, I've, I've, I just remember hearing it wasn't really good. So, if Janice Joplin had been alive and taken the role, I think she would have kicked ass. <laughs> Man, she did, might have. Uh, do you see it, Rebecca? No, I did not. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually have the list of the people up. And Tim Curry was in it as a criminologist, which was kind of cool. I, I remember that, yeah. And there were a few standouts that I don't mind, but no, no, for the most part, no, it has nothing to do with gender or race or anything else. I'm just saying the person playing Frankenfurter sucked as Frankenfurter. <laughs> you tried to take Tim Curry's spot. That's uh, a. <laughs> Yeah. Those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> Just because they're platforms. <laughs> and sparkly. So they are they're sparkly platform shoes, yes. I was going to say those are big panties to fill, but that was even better. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. So the 1973 American version, if you're ready for me to go on. Sure. Right. Lou Adler, who I mentioned, had made millions with risky ventures such as Monterey Pop, the festival. Yeah. And his label, Ode Records, was becoming known for harvesting experimental talent. And he went to the uh, performance in London with, all right, you ready for this? Britt sure. Eklund. We've mentioned Britt Eklund. Many, many, many times. Yeah. So, as an aside, Rebecca, if you ever want to do something special for Jody, uh, just have him stand in the room next to you and start pounding on the wall with folk music. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can get her to sit down and watch Wicker Man so she can see that scene. <laughs> it's on my list. It sounds like a good list. <laughs> uh, so anyway, acting on Paul seeing a hit, he met backstage with producers. Within 36 hours, had secured the American theatrical rights, and it premiered at the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles, March 24th, 1974, and ran for nine months. Okay. Uh, cast was all new except for Tim Curry, and things were going on, and they had people looking at investing a million dollars in the film project. Uh, but well, we'll kind of get to that when we talk about the film. Mm -hmm. But the singer Meatloaf remembers different celebrities who had come to the show, resulting yep. in him meeting Elvis Presley and uh -huh. former, well, uh, former now, future at the time, U.S. Senator and SNL alum. Al Franken was a young lighting apprentice who was also there? Oh, okay. I hadn't heard Al Franken. Um, he he mentioned uh, Raquel Welch and <laughs> what's what's a short name for Raquel? Yeah, Rocky. <laughs> Brad. Uh huh. Janet. Doctor Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> who is the one that would have the nine bottles of champagne Keith Moon from the Who 
he would Keith Moon would have a bottle of champagne set out on the stage for every member of the cast. So hey. Meatloaf would be like he'd walk out and he'd see the bottles of champagne and go, hey, Keith Moon's in the house. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That kicks ass. <laughs> um wait, what band was Keith Moon in? Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn it. You heard me the first time, ass. <laughs> I don't know that band. You yes. heard me the first time, ass. Is that new? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a new band. Did they open uh, for Spooky Tooth in 74? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who was he he did? He mentioned somebody else. Carol King. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think I think it was Carol King he mentioned would uh, went multiple times. <laughs> I would make sure Carol King went multiple times if I had the chance. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> As Rebecca suddenly realizes, uh, Jackie doesn't listen to any of these. <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't. <laughs> I have listened to all of them. I've gone all the way back. Wow, <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, my, my buddy David I was talking about earlier, whether before or right after we started, when I was at the pub earlier, he started some of the recent start over. He's only two around episode in the 50s. So good for you. Or, or I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it a second time. <laughs> so you're not going to do the time warp again not for your podcast hi <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i listen to it multiple times but i find this hilarious so we are <laughs> you're so cute <laughs> he is he's adorable <laughs> by the way you can tell Jackie everything I say she'll be like uh huh yeah he can say whatever he wants Carol King wouldn't look at him twice <laughs> uh huh uh huh you know that eye rolling uh huh <laughs> <laughs> I heard the clang <laughs> <laughs> oh moving on <laughs> <laughs> and yes, in like late 1973, Meatloaf was cast in the original LA Roxy cast of the Rocky Horror Show, playing the parts of Eddie and Dr. Everett Scott. Yes. Now, the success of the musical led to the filming of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, in which Meatloaf played only Eddie. A decision, he said, made the movie not as good as the musical. <laughs> <laughs> which I would agree with because he's one of the bright spots and if he played both that would be great. Yeah. I think it would have been interesting to see him in the film do both roles. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They're related. So. Yeah. Uh, as, as an aside that actually is apropos uh, our buddy Rich who we've kind of you know made fun of on the podcast but that's because he deserves it. <laughs> Uh, where, yes where we went to go see meatloaf in chicago uh many 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 years ago uh oh, but geez. yeah yeah was, that was um 
Nine, like 30 years ago yeah 95-ish or something is a bat out of hell 2 tour uh, it was a little earlier than that it was like 93 or 94 yeah probably 92 93 yeah uh yeah but anyway uh so they just he just simply had a uh quartet opening for him just a nice awesome classical quartet but they were playing meatloaf songs as a classical quartet and oh. people from the audience were shouting songs to play for meatloaf. But there were a handful of people who kept shouting, play hot patootie. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I don't know about all of them, but the, the young woman who was playing shit, it's been well decades now, pretty sure she's just playing the violin. Every time they'd shout it, she'd get a big grin on her face. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, he, he would occasionally play that on his tours. Bastard. Yeah, I don't, I, the one time I got to see him, I don't think he did, but I know, um, well, I, I say that he would do that. What I should say is he has a live album out, uh, that came out in the late nineties, mid to late nineties. And it's on there. Now, whether or not it was actually a live recording or was, you know, had crowd noise added to it to make it sound like a live recording, I don't know. Um, but it's it's definitely not the recording from the from the movie. Uh, this ain't the live yard birds. <laughs> yeah. huh. I'm gonna have to look for that later. Um, I might be able to tell you what the album is. All right. Well, you look that up and I'll continue. And you interrupt me whenever I take a drink and put the, I was going to say pint, but it's a wine glass. <laughs> uh, so Meatloaf was hired in 1973. He got the role of Eddie because he was the only actor who could get through the character's signature number. Yeah. So, Richard O'Brien said he couldn't even get all the words in. Uh, yep. I've got that. Coming up, yeah, there's a quote from Meatloaf who said the first two weeks when we were doing the play, all we did was the music. They had not given us a script. Uh, they come to me on a part of Hot Patootie and Richard Brian is there at the rehearsals. He said, on this song, you'll never be able to get all the words in. I wrote it and I can't sing all the words. <laughs> uh, but the actor who, I don't know why the fuck I have this note about being a high school athlete playing defensive tackle, but whatever. Oh, I guess it goes with being competitive. He said, I looked at him and said, I can sing all the words. Nobody could ever get in and just make those words fly through it. I just love told people, I can do that. And then being able to do it. <laughs> um, it's, it is on the live album, Live Around the World by Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Live around the world. Got Which it. I think uh -huh. was, Thanks. Yeah. Which came out in 1996. So I think it was supposed to be a limited edition release, but. Anyway. Bastards. I don't yeah. know. It may still be out there. So one of my favorite little things that my niece, Megan, and my nephew, Seth. So my niece, I, this is when they're younger. I mean, they're older now and doing fantastic and are gorgeous adults. Uh, but this is when they were like, uh, sort of pre-teen pre tweens 
But Megan would look over at Seth and go, hey, Seth, <laughs> don't let your meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. And it never failed to make Seth and I both laugh our asses off. <laughs> All right. Want me to keep moving or do either of you have anything? Um, or are we still talking about meatloaf? We're still talking about meatloaf. <laughs> okay. Um, is the next thing you have about how he didn't understand what the story was about. <laughs> and then the Man. first time he saw Frankenfurter, he was like, hey, cause Tim Curry comes walking in in costume. <laughs> Meatloaf almost walked out of the original play. <laughs> it's it's not like you were getting rich as an actor in New York here. Remember? I really didn't say what's the play about. Somebody said, we'll pay you $270. So I'll be there, babe. <laughs> During early rehearsals, none of the cast knew what the play was about, only the songs they were doing. Curry didn't arrive in America until late in rehearsals, and he showed up in full costume and makeup. It is the first time the rest of the cast had heard Sweet Transvestite, where Meatloaf said, I literally got up, walked out of the theater, and I turned to Graham Jarvis going, I'm gone. I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. He walked across the street and got a ticket for jaywalking. Meatloaf didn't walk, but ran out getting myself a ticket for jaywalking is my exact next note. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, Jarvis, who was playing the narrator and then would be in Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, whatever, convinced him to come back and uh, would have to convince Meatloaf to try on the fishnets he'd be wearing in Dr. Scott's most revealing scene. And the shy, naive actor was on the brink of leaving the production. Until he heard the audience at the first preview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they laughed and he was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play it play this up for the laughs. <laughs> Apparently Tim Curry also laughed. Yeah, Tim Curry broke character and started laughing. <laughs> Those are my exact nest notes. Do you want do you want the quotes <laughs> or, or 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 do you have them? Um no, we actually don't have notes. We're just going off of what we watched last night. Nope, nope that's exactly it. Next notes are, quote, I got this blanket on my lap and I got these fishnet stockings and these high heels, garter belt, and black underwear on, meatloaf recalled. I bring my leg up in the audience. I've never heard such laughter in my entire life. And if you know me and you know my personality, I will always go for laughs. And then said, Tim Curry is the most professional actor and will never break character. He started to laugh. Everybody on stage started, and the audience just kept going. <laughs> ah, but I'm ready to move on. I have differences between stage and film. I don't know what the two of you have as I suck down more of this fucking phenomenal, fucking gorgeous, fucking spice sangria. Yeah, 11.5%. Um, you bastards. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't I don't uh I'm trying to remember if there was anything else on about meatloaf. Yeah, because the rest of the stuff that I remember him talking about was from the movie. All right. Uh jump in whenever you see something and we'll jump back and forth. Hi. Uh differences. Between stage and film, stage show didn't have the weird pauses or filmmaking oddities of the movie, which means it's actually more high energy than the movie. 
Yeah. Uh, songs follow one another very quickly, and the whole thing feels almost like a concert with brief little spoken bits rather than the movie. But I, I enjoyed both. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a song in the stage production that didn't that was cut from the movie. I have that somewhere, but you go ahead. Um, I, I don't remember what the name of the song is. Um, uh, Charles Atlas song? No. It's but it's actually on. Well, that actually that may be one of them. I know uh, there there's there's one that was filmed for the movie that was cut. And it's um, in that sequence where Frankenfurter seduces both Brad and Janet separately. And it's uh, sung by Brad. Uh But they kind of cut it out of the movie, but it's on the DVD as a a bonus feature. Hmm. Um, and And I did remember when I was looking at the track listing for the bootleg that I've got, there was a song on there that I didn't recognize the title of. And I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not sure what that is. Is it a once in a while? That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that further down, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Brad song. Yeah. I actually, I, I watched the stage. I don't remember the song really. And Let's be honest, Brad kind of sucks compared to Frank and Furter and Eddie and Rocky, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, but it helps tie everything together. Yeah. Just because Brad's an asshole. So let's talk about that before we move on. <laughs> <laughs> I I I disagree and agree. Like he's I like this movie. I like the movie in the stage production because it shows the difference between the 19 it's in the 1970s and you got the 1950s, 60s feel. It's like Animal House where you have that group of people who are uptight and like, oh, my good man, haha, you're finally going to get laid. And then you got the other side where I've been fucking everything since I've been 13. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Brad is in that in between. He's, I like is sticking up for Janet because I don't I don't mind either spouse, gender, whatever, sticking up for whoever, but I like that he's strong like that, but he is kind of a wiener 50s boy. Yeah. Well, I, I called him asshole because that's in the crowd interaction. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do is call him an asshole. <laughs> ah, well... I have not been to a live show since 1997, so I remember Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a guess who I dressed up as? Rocky. You already knew. I was asking Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to answer that? You had told me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for giving her the opportunity. (laughs) Well, you didn't specify who you were asking. Whatever. All I'm saying is that my girlfriend at the time dressed up as magenta, and we had some awesome, wonderful times after the show. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but her buddy Tim was there. Ah. 
he who was still dressed up as uh don't think they dressed up. All I know is that he made fun of me for dressing up as Rocky for like five or six years. And I'm like, you can make fun of me all you want. I was awesome. <laughs> but it was 35 years ago and I was svelte. <laughs> <laughs> Did um so you both have been to live? No, wait, no, Jody's not. Oh, wait. Well, okay, let me ask. So Rebecca, I know you've been to a live stage show jody or and rebecca have you ever been to the which is what i went to the movie version where they do the audience participation no that is subpar um i I look down upon you pissant (laughs) i do um one one year at dragon con i one of the they were doing a showing of rocky horror with audience participation and I, I, we didn't we didn't get there until after it had started, so we didn't stick around. But I did see part of it. I had a good time. It's fun, but I could see where the live one is better. Yeah. I, I don't blame you, Rebecca, because I too, having done theater, look down upon people. <laughs> <laughs> I I I. I do have a question though. You said you went to you went to this. Where where did you go see it? Uh Terre Haute, Indiana, the Indiana Theater on were they they were still doing it then? Yeah, yeah. Not very often, but on occasion. Okay, because I I, I was gonna actually say this for when we talked about the movie, but I remember when you and I w- would be hanging out, we'd be cruising up and down Wabash Avenue. Part of part of that, and I, I've taken Rebecca on the Wabash Avenue. I showed her where we used to cruise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I I took her by by the Indiana Theater, and even though that's it's on Ohio Street, not Wabash, but um, you kind of to do the loop, you got to get on Ohio for a little bit. Irrelevant. Um, but I I remember you and I we used to when we were doing that we'd go by the Indiana and we'd see the 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 movie poster for rocky horror and we'd be like yeah you know that'd be really cool to go see and then when we were old enough to go see it they fucking stopped showing it yeah it moved down a lot on how many times they would show it so they they came back a little bit but then it stopped again it was higgledy piggledy yeah well yeah i i was disappointed because i never got to see it i I, because i would have loved to have seen it in the theater but I would was, also like to see the stage production if anybody around here ever does it again. Yeah. So there we go. So before I talk about other film things and you talk about film things versus, you know, stage. Uh, so, Rebecca, did you know any of the actors who did the your local production? Yes, I knew most of them and i'm really good friends with the guy that does ref ref he's amazing and i knew most of Mm. the producers and a lot of the people and that's why i ended up going three or four times in the run of it so but the guy who did riff raff um we went to see spam a lot earlier this year and he played patsy in spam a lot yes I remember that. Yes. 
So and, and, and I see how he would have made a good riffraff. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with a lot of theater people in Huntsville as I guess I'm in an artist community here and it brings in a lot of theater people also. And so I'm friends with a lot of them. So yes. Nice. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's more intimate when you know the people and I don't know, but yeah, it's more fun when you know some of the people, but yes. Yeah. And you know, there's always interaction with the audience and they feel safer coming and sitting in your lap and doing the like, things in the audience and not really you know playing off the audience if they know you so i always got that interaction on top of the interaction they normally have with the audience nice but i get that if you know each other it helps them and you and you help them and it makes it bigger and then everybody enjoys it better even if they don't know people yeah and the theaters that they do it here in Huntsville are probably maybe maybe 40 seats. Yeah. So, yeah, they were really tiny theaters. That's yeah. right. I love tiny theaters. I mean, where we saw Meatloaf Live was, for Chicago, one of the tiniest places. And it's nice. So. Well, here. Um, oh, go ahead. Go. No, you. You know, before they made everybody stand up that it was their first time seeing it and came and took lipstick and put V for Virgin on them and, <laughs> yeah, like paraded them out and you could buy like these little um, bags that had popcorn and cards in them and things, trinkets to throw because there are like acceptable things to throw at the actors and unacceptable things to throw at the actors and the programs were normally printed in the shape of a newspaper for the rain scene so you could put it over your head and participate with that and we, we have one of those by the way so as opposed to just a regular like tiny folded up program it was a newspaper and yeah. it you know there's a deck of cards for the card scene and it was just really neat <laughs> so, you know hot dogs are not acceptable and bananas and some other things are you know, hazards for the actors, but they gave us, you know, things that we could throw that were non-hazardous for the actors. So, yeah. That makes sense. I'll give the the movie live whatever combo version that I did, that you would go in and they would give you the things. I, the tickets kind of included that, so you'd have the toast and the things that were acceptable. And that's yes. what they told you to use. So, yeah. Yeah, because nobody wants water and actors falling down and slipping and, yeah. You being in theater, you know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna tell you my best memory. Well, no, not my best. My best is making out with Kelly, but that's beside the point. <clears throat> <laughs> so as far as actual stage goes, I, I'd been in several productions, but I did uh, Little Shop of Horrors. But I was the puppeteer. I was inside the plant. Because um, I, I can't sing as Jody can tell everyone. <laughs> uh, so, right. so the, yeah. So the voice, you know, was somebody else. But I, I was a really good puppeteer. It was fun. It was good. And evidently, I did this thing. And I didn't think it was a big thing. But at the end, where Audrey 2 comes, like, sort of has eaten everybody and goes towards the audience, I would pick up that fucking FES plant and take a few steps towards the audience and our buddy Sam, who's been on the podcast, 
actually said that when he was there that night, there were kids in the front row and they actually about shit themselves and had to squeeze back in the seats. <laughs> so, no, not that that's apropos to Rocky Horror, but theater is awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. And of course, there's several shout outs and sing alongs to the songs and several ad- words you can add to the songs and like thorn in the side and things like that. Yeah. There's a whole thing with that meatloaf. No, it's a Dr. Eddie song that she was a thorn in his side and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a really good add to song. <laughs> Damn it, Rebecca. <laughs> Janet. <laughs> uh, there, we do have people in Indy who do it. In fact, there's one that does it either weekly or monthly, and I need to go do it again. It's been, well, decades. And now you're making me regret not remembering jack shit. <laughs> ah, live theater. Our our buddy Sam, who games with us, is dating our buddy Jenny, who games with us. <laughs> uh-huh. But but Sam, because Jenny is a huge theater nerd, and I'm gonna have to tell Sam about you now, Rebecca. But I too have done theater, and Sam's like, how the fuck? Did I get stuck with all these theater nerds? <laughs> I insist it's because he's lucky. <laughs> uh, okay. Want me to move on or do you have more? I'm good either way. I'm good. I'm going to shut up now. Oh, well, I don't know what you're doing on the podcast then. We interrupt <laughs> each other all the damn time. <laughs> Yes, we do. I don't want to scare the people off. Okay, but I'll continue. Jump in. But uh, my next notes were it's fairly similar between the stage and the movie. We talked about, you know, uh, the, the pacing. Uh, but there are a couple of extra songs verses that the movie excluded. And also, there's some minor narrative changes. For example, Rocky is intelligent and can speak. And Eddie and Dr. Scott are played by the same actor because they're related. Mm-hmm. And overall, I actually think it's a little more coherent than the film. Uh, the film also has a few actors that really can't sing particularly well, where the stage show generally has great singers. Yeah. Uh, found the music more energetic on stage than on film. And besides the one I mentioned earlier, I did actually listened to most of the Roxy theater cast recording, uh, which is the one with uh, Tim Curry in LA. And it is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, And the original London and Los Angeles productions street sweet fucking hell. I'm almost throwing it to your fucking bottle of wine. Damn it. (laughs) In the original London and LA productions street. Damn it. (laughs) Sweet transvestite. There we go. Came before Time Warp and it was changed for the film version and updated for the stage version when O'Brien revised the script for 1990 West End Revival. The the Charles Atlas song was replaced by a reworked version of the song I Can Make You a Man for the film version with O'Brien's revision of the script. 1990 was a hybrid of the two songs under the title I Can Make You a Man. And 
yeah, I'm good with not talking about other versions. <laughs> uh, there is an usherette in the stage production, sometimes referred to as Trixie, who works in a derelict cinema, which Rebecca and Jody talked about making it more ambient with her thing. Yes. And introduces tonight's film in a song, science, fi science fiction double feature, with masked phantoms providing the backing vocals. Yeah, and that would have been um, that would have been the same actress who played Magenta because that's what Patricia Quinn talked about. Mm -hmm. That's why that's part of the reason she because when when she was offered the role, she did it solely because she got to sing science fiction double feature, and her agent was like, "You haven't even read the script." you've probably only got like four lines and she she was like i don't care i'm doing this and she got a copy of the script and went through it and went holy shit i've only got four lines <laughs> but she loved the song so she wanted to do that and that was um that was one of the differences in the movie because she didn't get to sing science fiction in the movie but i figured we'd talk more about that when we do the movie that sounds good but but you know what they say about magenta and lucky charms, right? Uh what? You're lucky. He's lucky. I'm lucky. Oh lucky. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Direct comparisons. Are you ready? All right, good. Just yeah. As always, you know. Opening song already talked about. Sung by female Asherettes or Trixie in the play and uh, disembodied giant lips in the movie. Mm -hmm. Characters, as Jody just said, of the Asherette and Magenta are played by the same actress in the play, but the Asherette doesn't exist in the movie. Which makes sense because you're not in a theater. Right. Uh, but the song over at the Frankenstein place has three verses in the play, each sung solo first by Janet, then Brad, then Riff Raff. But in the movie is two verses where it's pretty much riffraff because Brad's verse isn't included. So it's riffraff and magenta. Or wait. Janet. No, Janet and Brad. Or Janet and riffraff, right? Yes. Yeah. Huh. You're fucking wine. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Frank's appearance in a song Sweet Transvestite happens before Time Warp. But in the movie, Time Warp is performed... Before his appearance, which goes into Sweet Transvestite. Yep. In stage, the transformation to Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the Transylvanians don't exist, but they do in the movie as incidental characters. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, the time warp is more intimate. And Jesus. Intimate? Yeah, it's the, that's the bunny. Stop buying me fucking wine. But it's good. It's so fucking good. We haven't even opened our bottle yet. Oof. I'm about to finish mine, and I just opened it right as we're starting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's performed only by Riff Raff, Magenta, and Columbia, whereas in the movie, it is those and the chorus of characters known as the Transylvanians. <clears throat> Number six. 
Elbow sex. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Janet, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the laboratory slab that Rocky has created on is a vintage Coca-Cola vending machine cooler in the stage and Rocky can speak and has dialogue as well as the songs but in the movie it's an immersion tank and he's mute and dumb for the most part although I'm not sure about dumb because he I don't know when Janet's trying to get on with him I guess you don't have to understand the words to understand the motive but yeah Uh, Rocky's song The Sword of Damocles contains a verse in the middle performed by the narrator whereas in the movie it's not hmm. and of course we already talked about charles atlas song in the stage was changed to i can make you a man and was combined in the 1990 version mm-hmm. in the stage production the character magenta exists as a vampy presence in the house alongside her brother riffraff uh, but in the movie she's given a slight more justification as a domestic yeah I- I, I see the difference there to be one of very small distinction, but sure. Mm-hmm. And he enters by jumping out of a Coca-Cola vending machine in the laboratory where he's been frozen, as opposed to via a motorcycle from a walk-in deep freezer. Yeah. And already talked about both of them being played by the same character because they're nephew uncle, whereas they're played by different characters in the movie. Yeah. Uh, here's where I had the note about Brad has a solo song once in a while that's not included in the movie. But they did film it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they just cut it out. Uh, when they edited, they just took it out. Huh. Well, that's interesting, Dave Coulier. Uh, that Alanis Morissette song's not about me. Cut it out. It is so. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Rebecca. <laughs> you heard that sigh, huh? I did. <laughs> We're, you, you know that old black and white thing of the train crashing through the station and falling that's also on a Mr. Biggs album cover? Yeah. That's our train of thought. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Eddie's dismembered remains are taken out of the Coke machine and put into the disposal in the stage production, whereas in the movie, his remains are served and eaten at dinner. Yes. In the song Planet Schmanet Janet, dialogue section is performed as an intro, whereas it's in the middle of the song in the movie. Uh, Frank, in the stage production, has trapped Janet, Brad, and Dr. Scott. He is knocked out by riffraff using an old-fashioned garden duster bug sprayer. And instead of uh, knocking out Columbia, it makes her very stoned. Because in the movie, she also becomes a statue of stone. In the flow flow show... (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. In the floor show, costumes have a slight gender distinction with the women wearing sequin bras and the men wearing corsets 
but there are no such distinctions in the movie lore show costumes. Nope. Stage production superheroes is a full song, whereas only two verses are not included in the movie. Right. And my last note, where I'll put the pint wine glass thing to my face and let you two talk if you want, okay. is that the science fiction double feature with a prize is performed by the usherette, whereas it is only heard during the closing credits in the movie. Okay. And if you want to say reprise, I would not disagree. It's one of those words I heard as a kid. I'm like, I read that. I'm like, that's a reprise. And now that I'm older and it's not, but that's okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to be quiet. And if either of you two have anything to say, I'm going to take a drink. Well, it's always bothered me that it's reprise, but it's a reprisal. Make up your fucking mind. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, if it's reprise, shouldn't it be reprisal? Well, it depends. Do you have Rocky's half of the brain or Eddie's half of the brain? (laughs) Before or after Eddie is chopped up to little bits? (laughs) After. (laughs) After. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) the stage production has more singing and dancing and songs and stuff. So therefore, it is better. I can't argue with that. I I don't disagree. (laughs) Uh, So to go with that, because this will come out November, December, you know, holiday, Christmas, Yuletide time. I love Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, which between the Muppet version and Bill Murray Scrooge are my top two in an episode several years ago. Yeah. However, the uh shit um the fuck's a call i just fucking dropped it out of my goddamn head i had it like two minutes ago but ryan reynolds and uh um will ferrell uh shit what the spirited spirited on apple tv i've not watched it it's gorgeous and lovely because it is a comedic yet still poignant wonderful adaptation of Charles Dickens where they actually reference Charles Dickens <laughs> yeah. uh, with music and songs and dancing. Cool. Very good. Have neither of you seen it? No. I don't remember. Uh, I've just alcohol and slept since then. <laughs> well, it just came out last year, so if you've not seen it fairly recently, you Probably haven't. I might have seen it last year. I don't know. I have not. All right. Well, yeah. I watch a lot of things at Christmas time, kind of like Jackie. I binge Christmas things. <laughs> she already started. You're preaching to the choir, man. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was literally November. Was it no the Halloween was Tuesday this year? So actually it might have been actually the 29th or something. I came out of the bedroom 
and she's in the front room and she quickly pauses something. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I I came home and Rebecca was it it was somewhat Halloween because it was uh had to do with a witch, but it was a Christmas movie. It happened to be the Christmas episode of The Good Witch. Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, Jackie watched that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could One, not. I'm surprised. And uh, two, I, what I've seen of it wasn't. It was, it was. It wasn't bad. It was interesting. It is a Hallmark show. <laughs> that was obvious. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yes. So, anyways, things with singing and dancing yes. are better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll just go back to that. We'll circle back. Perfect. The world would be better if it's a musical. We're both out of alcohol. Well, I'm almost, and I'm out of notes, so it's up to you two if you'd like to continue or not. Uh, I got nothing else. <laughs> Everyone should go see this in the theater if they can. Yes. Seconded. I'd say thirded. I'm impressed because that is exactly what we typically say. So kudos to you for actually not lying when you said you listened to these. <laughs> sure, sure, Jody, my love. Of course I've listened to your dumb, I mean, your awesome podcast. <laughs> I know she has because I've come home from work and she's listening to it on her iPad. <laughs> yeah, they should, what? leave a review comment something and, and something else i don't remember the whole of it do the things do the things follow us rate us review us write to yeah. us <laughs> send us beer money yeah yeah that one Ooh. and wine money and wine money <laughs> yes <laughs> Now, before I talk about hooker money, let's <clears throat> let's move on. And yes, I will third Rebecca's thing. And yeah, yeah, I'm good. If you're both good, I'm great. <laughs> I almost spit my fucking wine. Damn it! <laughs> so, well, talking to you the podcast, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Jody. You fucker. Sweet. <laughs> no, oh. Rocky Horror. <laughs> All right, I'm James. Sweet transvestite. Yes. As opposed to street transvestite. Those are two totally different things. <laughs> Just the street transvestite. Uh, Give me. Uh, 350 um i okay i, I did have i did have one more thing on frankenfurter because richard o uh, richard o o'brien you can say however you want <laughs> um he kind of talked about what frankenfurter was based on and i think one of them was ivan the terrible oh yeah and he he mentioned I don't know if I don't know if this one was one that he was based on, but um he did mention 
um, the Evil Queen from Snow White. Nice. And uh, he he definitely said Cruella Deville was another <laughs> uh, inspiration for for Frankenfurter. And I I don't know the the Ivan the Terrible thing. Um, he he explained it, but when he mentioned the two Disney characters, I was like, oh yeah, I see it. I definitely see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's all right actually because you had to mention something else. Oh, God. I typed in <laughs> Richard O'Brien. Who did he base Frankenfurter off of? And he said, I, "I see those two. But then he also said an Alice Cooper type of Frankenstein. I can see that. Uh huh. Yeah. So, yeah. one last thing on that. It's always kind of cracked me up because. When I look at, when I see Tim Curry in that role, from the neck up, just just his face and his hair, he always reminds me of Paul Stanley, only without the single star over the eye. <laughs> but he's he's got the 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 white makeup on. The hair was similar, although Paul's was longer. But yeah, I. <laughs> you know, I can see Paul Stanley singing sweet transvestite and going anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can see him doing that really well and Gene being like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm sorry I mispronounced it. An Alice Cooper type of Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Either well, of you have anything else? <laughs> no, I think I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. All right then. I'm gonna cut this right to the quick and say I am <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't know if I want to say Frankenstein or Frankenfurter or Rocky or whatever, but I'm going to just go with James. I'm Jody. I'm Rebecca. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Chill out, Hannibal. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. That was kick-ass. It was very good. The wine. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't that have been well time warp at you later? Yes. It's just a jump to the left. And a step to the right. <laughs> Put your hands on your hips. I bring the knees in tight. That's, that's, that's not that. what she said. <laughs> <laughs>